You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy. The show is presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com and sponsored by Anchor. I'm sorry for the break that I took, about a week and a half. Um, I, over my spring break, I went to London with a couple of students at Temple University. We're all studying sport management, and we're able to visit a lot of cool places in London in the sport industry over there. There's some uh, football clubs, NBC Sports International, Wimbledon, Cricket Grounds, Octagon Sports Agency, and learned a lot of great information. It was also cool to see how the sports industry operates over there and how there's uh, connections over to the United States. And I'm sure you guys all remember in 2018, the Eagles played a game in London against the Jaguars. And the NFL going over to London has been a thing of the past, uh, the past 10 years or so. It's been very, very popular. The Jaguars are the team that's been interacting with London the most, but... You never know, there might be a team that's going to transition there or a new team that's going to be formed over there for the long term. I think that's definitely interesting. got to ask a few questions about that aspect of the NFL and see where the progress is coming because it seems like there's a lot of interest. So it's something cool to monitor and definitely unique um, to see the NFL grow into a global market. Now that I'm back in Philly, I'm going to hit the ground running with this podcast. I've gotten a lot of great content out the past couple of weeks about free agency and the draft. A couple great guest speakers, um, talked about some positions of need, some players that the Eagles should be interested in, free agency, stay and go. I did a um, off-season plan with Elliott Shore Parks. So if you've not listened to any of those, check them out because they're still relevant up until today. All, all the way up until free agency next week and the draft next month. Those topics are always going to be relevant. Go check them out and see my take on things. And now that we're getting close to the actual meat of the offseason with free agency and the draft, I'm going to get a lot more content out. I have a lot of big plans with this podcast in the next couple of weeks with some great topics and great guest speakers. And today, kicking off with a great, great guest speaker, Jeff Mosher, host of Inside the Birds podcast. Him and Adam Kaplan do amazing work. My Easily my favorite Eagles podcast out there. If you have not done so already, please check it out. Um, they also launched a website, which is awesome. And I know it seems kind of weird that I'm promoting other Eagles content when I'm podcasting about the Eagles, but I've no shame in that at all because you know there's a lot of people out there that do a lot of great work at podcast articles and that's where I get a lot of information I see a lot of takes um, I've done that chill your take segment a couple times already this off season and I just want to see what's going on and inside the birds is a great way to get insider and insider information from Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan I've sourced them many times in the past few weeks in the past few months um, dating back to the start of this podcast even so I'm really excited with my conversation with Jeff and how it went. Uh, we talked about the secondary and the linebacker group, how the Eagles can improve on those positions this offseason throughout free agency and the draft, and what those positions might look like in the 2020 season. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Jeff right after this ad. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. Today, I have Jeff Mosher with me. Really excited to talk about uh, the secondary and the linebacker group. Jeff Mosher is a host for the Inside the Birds podcast. Him and Adam Kaplan do a lot of great work. Definitely my favorite podcast out there. Get a lot of great Eagles content. And as you guys know, uh, my listeners, I've been sourcing them for a long time now. Uh, They give a lot of inside content about the Eagles, and they also have a website right now, InsideTheBirds.com with a lot of great content. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm great, Matt. I'm uh, happy to be on this side of the podcast. We're talking to somebody else about some Eagles and uh, appreciate the uh, the love and support for Inside the Birds. And um, you're definitely the first person I've heard say that they're excited to talk about the Eagles linebacker and secondary. So uh, <laughs> I look forward to uh, I'll try to uh, share your enthusiasm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm always looking forward to talk about ways to improve and this offseason should be full of that they have a lot of moves that they should be making and as my listeners know my last podcast was a free agent stay or go i talked about all the eagles unrestricted unrestricted free agents and a couple of those guys are in the secondary including roddy mcleod jalen mills and ronald darby so jeff who do you think stays and who goes from that group of three well let's start with the uh the you said roddy mcleod Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills, right? Correct. We'll start with the obvious one. Ronald Darby is not coming back. Uh, It's unfortunate. You know, Howie Roseman, uh, before the 2017 season, traded a third-round pick and Jordan Matthews to bring in Ronald Darby from the Bills, and uh, it seemed like a really good idea at the time. And he was a second-round pick, and uh, they thought he would fit better in the Eagles' defense. And he's been hurt a lot. Everybody knows that. Uh, He's not the best tackler, and that really – exposes them in their their wide nine defense at times and then there are other times you know coming off the knee injury this year he just didn't look like he could run like he used to and I've just never felt that Darby was a good fit I feel like when when Darby plays at his best is when he's up close on a wide receiver and he's a pretty physical guy even though he doesn't like to tackle he's a pretty physical cover guy Mm -hmm. and man press was his thing at Florida State and he just doesn't get that opportunity a lot with the Eagles in fact they play off and I think he gets you know, we've you've seen him kind of bite on the slant and then get burned by the sluggos in the past. And I just don't think playing off is good for him in this defense. So I can't see him coming back. Um, Jalen Mills, I think, is a little bit of a wild card because if the team signs a free agent cornerback, let's say they sign Byron Jones, somebody mm-hmm. we've reported that they're hot on on the tail, seventeen million there. Well, who's going to start opposite him? I almost think Mills is a good shot to come back in that regard because I don't know if he's going to get more than a one-year deal. He's been hurt for the last, uh, you know, year and and came back, played half the year. He's been hurt. It doesn't run very well. He doesn't fit every single defense, but Jim does like him, and you are going to need somebody more cost-efficient on the opposite side. Now, they still might draft a cornerback high and want that cornerback to start, and by only signing Darby to a one – I mean, Mills to a one-year deal, you give yourself that leeway to – still play somebody else over him if that somebody is better. But I wouldn't mind them bringing him back on a one-year deal. If he gets something better than that in free agency, you just say, hey, God bless. You did great. You want to help us win a Super Bowl. So I would still handicap him at 50-50 depending on the market. Mm-hmm. And Rodney McLeod is a guy who you would think would not be coming back just because he's 30. And Howie Roseman has talked about the need to get better uh, and younger, I should say, not better, younger and more dynamic. But – if you really look after Jenkins and after Rodney McLeod, they're only two safeties on the roster right now 
are Marcus Epps and Rudy Ford. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to remake that position just through the draft, or and it's hard to find guys in free agency who aren't going to cost a lot of money. So that's another guy I would be understanding if they brought back on like a one or a two year deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I pointed out in my podcast was all those three guys have starting experience in the past year. So if you lose one or two of them, that's a big hole to fill. Um, my take on it was I think that McLeod and Mills um, have a good chance of staying just because I think um, McLeod played a really good season this past season. I think he recovered from his injury really well. Um, I think he deserved a spot on the team, even as it's, if it's for short term. Um, he fits that mold and can carry over uh, – the, the need for safety doesn't have to be addressed right away. You don't have to plug someone in to be a starter right away in 2020. You can kind of develop them, but still have that uh, as a top need. And Jalen Mills, like you said, he doesn't fit all the systems. Uh, Jim Schwartz really likes him. So I think that is definitely going to work in his favor a little bit. Um, I really like Mills. He definitely gets a bad reputation. But when he came back um, after the injury this past season, I think he played pretty well. He had a couple of rough games but he also showed a lot of promise and Ronald Darby yeah him and Nelson Aguilar might definitely they're going um (laughs) just you know they didn't see enough out of him to bring him back and I think you know McLeod and Mills they probably wouldn't cost too much uh definitely Mills McLeod said after the season when they were talking to reporters after uh, you know clean out the locker rooms and stuff he made a comment that he hopes that he gets paid um, because he had a great season. So, you know, I, I would expect him to, you know, test the water a little bit and see what the market would be for him. But I think the Eagles should consider bringing him back just so you don't have to replace a safety. And what we're going to talk about in a little bit with Malcolm Jenkins, I mean, if you lose one or even two of those guys, that's a huge hole in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles certainly don't come at any negotiation, be it with Rodney or with Malcolm in any position of leverage because, Mm -hmm. as you just pointed out, there's just not a whole lot of talent or experience beyond them. I I like Rodney. I do think he had a good year, but I don't think he's the type of safety anymore that really flips his hips and runs really well in coverage. I think he can make plays. I think he's good at playing the box and the post. Um, You know, I blame the Eagles for putting themselves in this position. And I talk about this on the Inside the Birds podcast all the time. You know, the last safety that they drafted above the fourth round, I'm pretty sure is Jaquan Jarrett in 2012. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty important position in the NFL. It used to be that, you know, there was Ed Reed and Palomalu and Dawkins. But, you know, those guys were kind of unicorns. And you could get by with having okay safeties. And then Earl Thomas came along with the, with the Seahawks. But nowadays, safety is a preeminent position because safeties nowadays play the box, play the post, and play the slot. And if you have – and teams are finding more of these guys who can do all three like Malcolm Jenkins does. But even now you're finding guys who even have that plus more playmaking potential. And the Eagles just have not addressed that position for far, far, far too long. I mean – there's a long list of guys they've drafted in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh rounds, which, you know, the percentage of those guys being impact NFL players get lower and lower and lower once you get in basically into the middle second round. So mm. they're probably going to have to overpay. If, if McLeod has two or three teams that want to sign him, that means he'll probably get something longer than a one-year deal. And if the Eagles want to bring him back, and if the Eagles don't feel like paying 
Malcolm Jenkins and want to just go with with Rodney and then some young guys, then they're going to take a lot of lumps. So they're they're really in a position here where they're about to throw a lot of money at corner if they can. And once again, safety kind of comes second to to the whole you know construct of the secondary. Yeah, I, this was a very similar situation last season too because Malcolm Jenkins started talking about his contract negotiation. Nothing to end up happening, but um, it was basically just him and McLeod again. And uh, Eagles, I expected them to draft a safety high. But, I was stunned. Yeah. Was absolutely stunned when they used that second second round pick on a wide receiver. And exactly. not even knowing that J.J. was not going to have a good year. But yeah. I was stunned when they didn't take a safety there. I know. I was I was high on so many safeties out of that draft it was. class. It was good. And uh, yeah, there were so many good players. But they didn't walk away with any in the draft, which was very surprising. But then they kind of tried to make a makeshift um group out of it with Andrew Sandejo, Blake Countess, Jonathan Cyprian, try to mold all these guys together, but right. none of them are on the team right now. So um, it's a need that hasn't been addressed in the past, like you said, especially through the draft, but you can't just try to string all these backups together and expect to make a big group um, of average safeties. You need somebody that's actually going to play and play well. And the third safety is a really big backup position on the field because mm-hmm. the Eagles won the Super Bowl. It was utilized a lot, and um, it's it's just troubling to see that uh, they're cutting Andrew Sandejo last season. Jonathan Cyprian gets traded. Uh, there's no stability at the position other than those two guys, but now there's a chance that McLeod and or Jenkins are going to be gone. Yeah, and, and it's really twofold, Matt. I mean, I think they need one who can play, you're right, because they play a lot of three and sometimes four safety packages, but they also, and I go back to what I was saying before, they need someone who's young and developmental. They need mm. their future tandem of safeties. And you look at their roster right now and there's no one there that represents that. Yeah. Um, so Jeff talked about Malcolm Jenkins a little bit so far, and I've mentioned this countless times. I mean, him and Alshon Jeffrey and their contracts are coming up a lot in the Eagles news. And mm-hmm. my take on it is I think, uh, Jenkins is making good money, but I think it's more of um, a pride thing. He wants to make money that he knows that he deserves because he does a lot for the Eagles team. And he started slow um, this past season, but ended it really well. Played a really good football towards the end of the season, ended up leading the team in tackles. Um, but now he just wants a couple more million dollars on his contract. He restructured a little bit. Um, do you think they're going to grant him uh, that money to make sure that they keep their one of their biggest playmakers on the team? Uh, I don't, you know what? I, at one point I did think so. I thought last year going into training camp, they were going to give him a little bit of a boost in his contract. They did Mm -hmm. that for Brandon Graham the year before. And I thought they would do it for Malcolm. They did not. Uh, we've gotten this far. They still haven't done anything. It appears to be a little bit of a game of cat and mouse. I have a, this one's hard to figure out because if Malcolm stays true to his word, and decides he's not going to play under that contract. I think this is the rare case where the player has a lot more leverage than the team. Yeah, I mean, it's going to look bad from a PR standpoint, and it's also going to look bad from a roster-building standpoint. You know, what are they going to do? They Even if they draft a safety in the first round and a safety in the second round, what are the odds that those two guys are going to be able to play and play as effectively and 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 be used as uh, versatile as, uh, if that's a word, as Malcolm Jenkins? So... Mm-hmm. I, I would maybe they're going to call his bluff and see if he's ready to retire. It wouldn't shock me if he said, 
fine. I'll I'll retire. I mean, he's played yeah. 10 years in this league. So um, this is an interesting game of cat and mouse. Normally, I feel like I have a good sense of what's going to happen based on history, history and precedent. But mm-hmm. Malcolm is a unique individual. And, um, I you know, this one could go either way. Yeah, I agree. I'm not really sure what to take of it, but he's respected so much in the locker room as a leader, but also a player. So I hope something comes out of it. It's just troubling to see that McLeod and Jenkins, their statuses are up in the air, and uh, those are your two starting safeties. Even losing one would be really tough to, you know, try to bring someone else in and keep that production because those two players led the team in tackles. Um, They were at the top, so uh, that would be tough. But going back to the cornerback group, everybody in Eagles fan base, or I would say at least 90% is locked in on Byron Jones. Do you think the price tag is going to be too high for him? What are your opinions on him as a player? Um, Okay. So you're asking if I think the price tag is going to be too high to match the talent. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And that's Mm -hmm. free agency. And that's not to suggest that he's a bad cornerback. He did make the pro bowl last year. It's also not to suggest that um, he's not an ascending player. Mm -hmm. He very well could be. Um, this could be just, you know, last year him making the Pro Bowl could be the door opening for him in a really good scheme like Jim uh, Jim uh, Schwartz's to kind of be the highlight of his career where he gives you two or three or four Pro Bowl. Kind of like what, what when they signed Brandon Brooks and mm-hmm. uh, in 2016 and a lot of people didn't know who he was, right? And even yeah. Rodney McLeod, they knew who he was, but they didn't know how good he was. And lo and behold, Brandon Brooks emerged into the best right guard and one of the top linemen in football. So maybe you'll have a situation there with Byron, but he's clearly not right this second, a guy who's played like a $17 million a year Mm -hmm. cornerback. That said, he's better than anything they have. Um, He does, you know, serve up. He's versatile. He can move inside. He can move outside. Uh, Maybe down the road, he moves to safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked about their, their voided safety. So the value uh, that he brings to the defense is there. It's just that he's never played like a cornerback who's worth that much money. I, I think Stephon Gilmore made $14 million, um, APY on his mm-hmm. contract, and he was defensive player of the year, and he's yep. a guy who has a knack for getting his hands on the football and interceptions and playmaking skills. Byron Jones is more the steady guy who mm-hmm. um, can cover and defend and tackle well but isn't going to take a pick back 60, 70 yards for a touchdown. But that's free agency. You know, we all know yeah. that. I mean, that's that's the the game you play. And honestly, this is the result of missing in the draft when Sidney Jones doesn't fulfill his billing as a second round pick. He should be starting right now. He should be, you know, rounding into some kind of Pro Bowl form based on what he was coming out of college. But he just has not. And then obviously we talked about Ronald Darby not really working out and earning that long term extension. So unfortunately, when you make mistakes in the draft. You have to pay the price in free agency if you still want to compete. Yeah, I completely agree. And we talked about Ronald Darby earlier and Jalen Mills. I mean, when both of them were healthy, they were starting. They were playing a lot of uh, football on the defensive side of the ball. And I just think that you have you know that you're going to have one open spot at least uh, with Ronald Darby leaving. And I don't think the Eagles are confident enough in putting Sidney Jones or Avante Maddox, whatever it may be, into that starting role right now on the outside. So I think Byron Jones, like you said, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, danced around for a little bit, trying to plug in corners here and there. But you need that starting corner to take this defense to the next level. And the price is going to be very high. He's looking to be uh, paid at like a top corner in the league. And like right. you said, he's not the shutdown corner that 
uh, deserves that kind of money, but that's the free agent market is always resetting the market. Uh, that's just how the game has worked uh, this day and age. And I just think that, uh, I mean, you guys have mentioned on Inside the Birds multiple times that the Eagles are very interested in him, and many teams are going to be interested as well because he's definitely the top corner in this free agent class. And I, I, I would like the signing. I mean, yeah. it's going to be expensive, but at least you get stability at that one side of the ball and uh, know that there's going to be a playmaker. He might not give you a bunch of interceptions, but he can at least shut down a wide receiver. And, and here's what everything needs to understand, Matt. You know, when Howie at the Combine went up to the podium and talked about replenishing the roster and getting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going through the overhaul, and some of his words I thought were falsely interpreted as we're rebuilding and this yeah. thing's going to take some time. If that were true, you wouldn't be about to spend $17 million on a cornerback. The reason they're doing that is because they still want to win now while they're rebuilding. They've got at least 10 picks. I know the compensatory picks have not yet been released, so we'll see. So they should have around 10 picks, maybe more. And they are going to draft young guys and replenish and and make moves to get the team younger. And we'll see what they do with some of the older guys like Jason Peters. And they've already cut ties with Nigel Bradham. They are in the midst of getting younger. And if they just took that $17 million and decided to just extend some contracts and not, you know, and, and have a large cap space for years to come, that would be a sign that all they intend to do is reload here and, and take this year coming up as kind of a, a gift year, but they're not. Mm-hmm. You put $17 million into a free agent, you're trying to win, uh, you know, every game you can. And that's what they're yeah. trying to do. Yeah, definitely. I think his, um, where it should have came across as, I mean, a lot of people took it this way, but I understand how it could have been misinterpreted. Is he was basically explaining how uh, after they won the Super Bowl, they had that small window to keep doing it, but then players leave, money you have to spend money on Carson Wentz and other players, and um, the window is going to close, so you have to you know revamp it. But that doesn't mean rebuild; it's just improving in a lot of aspects. So um, right. Byron Jones would definitely be a move that would capitalize on that kind of statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we'll see. And well, you know, the only one thing that that sticks out is that they haven't had a great track record of signing Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Now, some of that is just, I think, coincidence and happenstance. Um, the Orlando Scandrick thing was bad. That was, you know, <laughs> there were even people who said, "Don't do this," and they did it anyway. But mm-hmm. um, you know, like Demarco Murray uh, is an example. But I, from everything I know from Byron Jones, and and I got to, you know, the Eagles were interested in him when he was coming out of Connecticut out of the draft four or five years ago, and they brought him in for a top 30 visit. So they know who he is. They like him. He's a good character human being. This time, I don't worry about the whole changing sides of the rivalry uh, impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And just hypothetically say Byron Jones is locked in. He's coming to Philly. We talked about Jalen Mills about returning a little bit. Who would you say would be a possibility of starting next to Byron Jones if he comes to Philly? Well, it's a good question. Um, if Jalen Mills is back, he's probably obviously the, the person who would start opposite mm-hmm. Byron. Uh, I suppose they could start Avante Maddox on the outside, but then move him inside as soon as they're in nickel and then bring in somebody else. Right now, I don't know who that somebody else would be. I don't expect that it would be Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Um, look, it wouldn't shock me, and I think they need to. Again, just like safety, I think they need to bring in young corners that they draft. and. Uh, a lot of people think wide receiver at 21, and I understand that, and I think it too. But if a guy like C.J. Henderson from Florida is there at 21, then I'm not going to rule out the idea that the Eagles would pick him. And if you pick him at 21, 
and you think he's that talented, he's probably a pretty good candidate to start right away as long as, you know, he goes to camp and shows that he can hold up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we uh, transition to the linebacker group, talked about um, a little bit, of, a couple names in the free agent and draft class. Are there any other names that stand out to you that can come in either uh, rounds one, two, or three and make an instant impact? I mean, Christian Fulton, uh, mm-hmm. the cornerback from LSU, I think is a guy who'll get some play. Um, oh, the kid from Virginia Tech comes to mind. A- Andrew DiCecco, who writes mm-hmm. uh, for our website, mocked him to the Eagles in the second round. And all of a sudden, I'm kind of drawing a blank on his name, but I'll, I'll have it for you in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, he's another guy with, you know, good corner, can flip the hips and run. Th- that's the biggest thing is that the Eagles don't have guys who can kind of turn and run and you saw that last year when they had to play um uh rasul douglas on the outside and somebody else on there they just don't have that kind of speed oh yeah aj terrell yeah yeah. from clemson so he's a guy you can see them looking at in the second round yeah as far as the free agent market you know james bradbury is a a guy who plays more zone i mean i i think at this point if the eagles struck out on byron jones they would still target bradbury anyway because Mm -hmm. he is a good enough corner to be able to play probably in any defense and still be better than what they have. Yeah, and uh, going to safeties as well, the free agent market isn't the strongest, but the draft right. class is still pretty decent. Um, you got a few playmakers in there like Antoine Winfield. And I mean, you can. I love Antoine Winfield. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, he ran a surprisingly fast 40 at the combine. I know a lot of scouts said that uh, even though he was very good in college, that he played at kind of like a 4 5, 4 5, five speed and he ran mm-hmm. up. Wound up running a four four five, but he's the kind of guy who can play multiple positions, meaning post, box, tight end coverage from the slot. Um, mm-hmm. Probably it, it is very smart. Football IQ off the charts. Obviously, he comes from great bloodlines. His dad played for uh, the Vikings and the yeah. Bills, uh, went to Ohio State, was one of the better tackling safeties in the league. So I do love Antoine Winfield. I don't love him in the first round for the mm-hmm. Eagles. And I actually don't love him in the second round for the Eagles because I think there's pretty good athletic safeties, dynamic ones that are probably better athletes than him. But because he ran that four, four, five, I think he might go in the second round now. Someone's going to fall in love with that as as they always do. Mm -hmm. But if he's there in the third round and you're the Eagles and, you know, I forget exactly, they pick 85, you may want to think about trading up into the you know the 70 to 75 area to make sure you get well let's see 65 75 area and uh, make sure you that you know you get them yeah that's one thing that howie was saying he's saying how years past they just didn't have enough draft picks to move up to go get the guy that they wanted i mean i remember in uh 2017 everybody was locked in on christian mccaffrey and went six picks i think before them so uh, they just didn't have the ammunition but now with 10 projected picks they're able to do that if they want to and i would say um i know harry roseman's policy is always best player available he has those positions in mind but he always just wants to gauge the board um and see how it's going but Mm -hmm. um taking that away do you think a secondary or a wide receiver uh should be taken first in the draft i'm a big best player available uh guy matt uh, and i i swear by it so even if it's a defensive tackle I would go for it if it's a, if let's say the kid from LSU, the pass rusher, the D end, uh, Kilavion Chieson. Did I did I pronounce that correctly? I'm terrible with names. Yeah, probably Kilavion yeah. Chieson. Uh, yeah. If he's there, 
and you have if the Eagles have him as a top ten, top fifteen prospect, and for whatever reason, because of the quarterbacks, the offensive tackles, the receivers, he pushes that kid down, mm-hmm. then you take him because yep. you never want to pass on someone that you think is going to be a four, five, six time Pro Bowl or all pro, all pro player just because you need a cornerback, right? You don't want to take the lesser rated player. Um, you go throughout the, you know, it's an easy example. There's a million of them, but, you know, it's not like the Packers needed Aaron Rodgers when they had mm-hmm. Brett Favre, but he was there and they couldn't say no. And they went from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another. Yeah. There's so many injuries in this game, right, that you're going to find yourself needing guys at every position anyway. So mm-hmm. you look at the whole Zach Ertz and, and um, Dallas Goddard thing. Did the Eagles really need a, a tight end in the second round that year? just because they lost Trey Burton and Selleck? No, they had Zach Ertz, but Mm -hmm. they took him. And because of that, with all their injuries, a wide receiver, they were able to build a two tight end offense. So to me, I mean, of course you exclude quarterback. You wouldn't take that in the first round, but it looks like the talent of the draft where they pick, there's either going to be a really good defensive tackle, a really good wide receiver, a really good corner. And maybe even if something falls the correct way, a good outside pass rusher, Mm -hmm. any one of those or a safety, right? Yeah. Any whoever's your highest rated of the whoever you have the most confidence in in being a great impact player is the guy you should take. Yeah, definitely. They're very lucky with uh, the talent in this draft class at different positions that they need in the secondary, the wide receiver group, and even defensive line. Uh, they're definitely going to get talent that falls to them, or even possibly a guy that might fall a little bit and they can trade up for him. Um, Henry Ruggs has been everybody's. Uh, you know, favorite player right now in the draft as far as Eagles fans because they love his speed and how he plays. And obviously the wide receiver uh, need is very big right now. So people are talking about, you know, trading up for rugs and all that. But, I mean, it could go that way with every single position. We named a few names, but um, defensive end, defensive tackle, secondary, whatever it may be, um, and even possibly linebacker. I'm not sure about trading up, but talking about this last portion of our podcast, linebacker position is very thin right now after – Nigel Bradham left the team. It's you know Duke Riley, uh, Nate Gary, and Alex Singleton. Um, you know it's very murderers row right there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> very very thin. And is it? It's another position like cornerback that the Eagles have not really prioritized at all. Just bringing in guys that they can plug in. Is it finally time to prioritize prioritize that position and get a true linebacker um, that you can always put in in any situation? They're not going to do it. Uh, when mm-hmm. you say prioritize, do you mean taking a linebacker in the first or second round or I would spending say, a lot of money on a free agent? Yeah, I mean drafting in rounds one to three or spending uh, over $8 million in free agency no, on somebody. they're no? not spending over $8 million. They're not bringing in Corey Littleton. Uh, I'd be shocked. I'd be stunned. Mm-hmm. If you look at the construct of their defense and – I'm going to assume in some form or fashion that Malcolm's going to be back on this team. Yeah. But they, they basically play nickel defense uh, 65 to 70% of their time. And that means one of those linebackers gets off the field. So they're only in a two-linebacker formation. And then even beyond that, they play on a dime where you have literally one linebacker on the field mm-hmm. and a, a lot of safeties and corners. And that's just the way the NFL is trending anyway. But the Eagles have been doing that for quite a while. And ever since Jordan Hicks got hurt in 2017 and they kind of rearranged their packages to be more nickel and dime heavy, they just don't play a lot of linebackers. So yeah. it's, it's, it's twofold. It's one, because they don't play that many linebackers, they don't value them. And two, you're in a salary cap league. 
You pay a lot of money for corners. You pay a lot of money for defensive tackle like Fletcher Cox. You pay a lot of money for defensive ends like Brandon Graham. You pay a lot of money for safeties, you know. Mm -hmm. You can't pay everybody, you know, a lot of money. And so there's got to be a position that goes undervalued. And so for them, it's they choose it to be linebacker. Um, So I don't see them spending a whole – I do see them addressing the position with a veteran, a one- or a two-year deal for somebody. And this time, because I don't think they're going to be as concerned about the – the compensatory pick, that veteran that they sign might actually last past midseason, unlike LJ Fort and Zach Brown did. But yeah. again, that's just a guy for when they play three linebackers. They're going to rely heavily on Nate Gary. They're going to rely heavily on um, Alex. Uh, I'm sorry, T.J. Edwards, who they yeah. you know like yeah, last year down yeah. the linebacker. And I thought they should have brought Camus back, but you know I was told he's not coming back. So um, they will have to draft somebody. Yeah. I don't think they draft somebody in the first round. I don't think they draft somebody in the second round unless they trade up and have a second second round pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just don't, you know like the year. Oh, I want to say 2010 or nine when they had both Vinnie Curry and Michael Kendricks in the second round. Mm-hmm. So unless they have two picks in that round, I don't see them drafting a linebacker. Maybe the third round. Okay, interesting. So my biggest thing with the defense and the linebackers is the lack of turnovers. I did a ask ITB um, where you guys. Um, answer fan questions for your Inside the Birds podcast. I submitted one and asked if the Eagles should try to get a linebacker that can cover well but also create those turnovers, whether it be fumbles or interceptions, because in the past, I would say three to four years, if there is a turnover that the Eagles are making, most of the time, a lot of the time, it's linked to either Fletcher Cox or Mm -hmm. Malcolm Jenkins, or you can even throw Brandon Graham in there um, as of late. And just turnovers overall have been lacking. The corners aren't making them. Uh, you know, the other safety, Ronald, Ronald uh, I mean, Rodney McLeod, I think he led the inter- team in interceptions, but it was only three or four. Like, right. it's, it's not enough. Um, I thought that a player like Avante Maddox could step up and get more interceptions, but especially in the linebacker group, there's nothing there um, as far as turnovers go. And right. Nigel Bradham did not help with that. You know, I think Jason Kelsey's little um you know line for him in the super bowl speech was he can't catch and i mean it's true i mean <laughs> well that was it, actually true yeah <laughs> yeah um thankfully he caught that interception out of the tip ball against the packers to win the right. game but other than that he's not creating this turnover so the eagles moved on from him but do you think that that should be the priority getting somebody that could create turnovers whether it be a bigger guy or maybe a quick guy that can cover running backs tight ends and try to get interceptions well i think it's it's something that teams look for, but it's also something that doesn't always translate real well from mm-hmm. college to the NFL. I mean, first of all, sometimes turnovers are flukish, right? You just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. The ball's in the air, you get it. So you could have a really nice senior year where you had five picks and you go watch the tape and it was literally like, you, it's not that you had nothing to do with it, but the ball was fl- floating in yeah. the air. You just grabbed it and ran, which that would be an improvement because you're right. Nigel, just would not be able to grab that ball right in front of him. He would mm-hmm. drop it all the time. But also you look at the Eagles defense and they don't do a lot of um, blitzing with their linebackers. They don't blitz a whole lot in general, but they don't exactly put their linebackers in position to make splashy, play, you know, the, the, the sacks and the forced fumbles and you pick up the fumble and you run it back. Um, that only happens if one of the front four gets the sack and the linebacker happens to be around. Uh, they're just, the way they play defense is not conducive for linebackers 
being out there and making a ton of plays. If you have a good cover linebacker, that's great. And, you know, Nate Gary is someone who covers decently, and that's why he's on the field. But he's, you know, again, because you're not you're not drafting linebackers in the first and second round. So you're you're really not drafting the the best athletes in mm-hmm. the class. You're you're almost looking for certain guys who can do certain things, and that's why you're drafting them third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or or seventh round. So uh, I don't know that they can just kind of watch tape and say this guy has a real knack for causing interceptions in, mm-hmm. in coverage, and, and say let's go get him. Uh, in the third or fourth round, usually a guy that good, like an Isaiah Simmons, maybe is yeah. going to be a really a, a top pick. You know, yeah. to use an example, even if you find a guy who's really good at turnovers, uh, and I'll use Rasul Douglas, even though it's a different position, he was at West Virginia and he led the country, I believe. I'll go back mm-hmm. and check, but I think he led the country in interceptions. Yeah, I think you're right eight. about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you watch him play, and you know he can't run. He can't. Yeah. So he's not going to pick off a lot of passes because he's not going to be on the field enough. Because he's he's not a guy who has you know great hip fluidity and can turn and run and make a play on the ball. Now, when he was a rookie and they had to throw him in there, he actually did have a few interceptions. Yeah. I remember Eli underthrew one and he picked it off. So he's the type of guy that's a little bit better than Nigel in that if the ball just happens to be up in the air and he's there, he'll get it. But mm-hmm. that's not the same way that you saw like Asante Samuel way back when, yeah. when he would just pick off passes and run him back and be the ultimate playmaker or a Deion Sanders. It's just... Some of that stuff is happenstance. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that uh, you think that the Eagles are going to bring in a veteran linebacker, but also the the current linebackers. You got T.J. Edwards, Nate Gary, uh, Duke Riley, and Alex Singleton. Like I mentioned, they're all younger guys. But do you mm-hmm. think there's going to be a need to either sign or draft another younger player with a little bit more potential? I know you ruled out first and second rounds, which I would agree with. There's just bigger needs at the time, um, but somebody that can play i absolutely do yeah yeah yeah. they have to yeah when i say sign a guy i again i go back to best available just because you sign a guy doesn't mean you shouldn't draft a guy Mm -hmm. Uh, i fully believe even if you sign byron jones you need to draft a corner and if you drafted two that's fine with me um so yeah I, i think signing a veteran just enables you to have somebody who can play in 2020 and fill a hole and help you you know a lot of people forget this but one of their starting linebackers in the NFC Championship game against the um, Minnesota Vikings was Donnell Ellerby. Remember? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, yep. he had literally just signed with the team three or four yeah. weeks before. So, yeah, you sign one of those guys because they can help you in, in moments. But you've got to draft a guy that you bring up through your system and develop. Yeah, definitely. So is there – I know you mentioned a few names in, inside the birds, but – um, for that veteran presence, are there any names that come to mind uh, as far as free agency goes that you think the Eagles should target? Uh, that's a good one. I haven't really looked at the free agent linebacker again because they're not going to be getting the cream of the crop. Yeah, uh, definitely. They'll, they'll, and but to be fair, a lot of the guys who I think will, could benefit them are probably have not yet been released. You know, because yeah. you always see cap casualties. But mm-hmm. you know, Corey Littleton, no. Joe Schobert, no. Blake Martinez, yeah. probably not. Jamie Collins, probably not. So you're really going to have to go down. You know, Danny Trevathan, he's 29, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know what kind of market it depends really on what kind of market you're going to see for some of these guys if they're going to be signing three and four year deals then you think that the eagles probably will not be involved unless it's just such a bargain that um you know it makes sense for them but you know so so you just google the list of free agent linebackers and scratch Mm -hmm. the top five or six or seven off and then you start to look at the names okay and do you think i mean 
I think personally, like the the free agent signings for linebackers in the past couple of years have been strictly uh, special teams players, and the Eagles have a lot of focus on that. Do you think they're going to try to sign a player for special teams and then plug in at linebacker or just a true linebacker um, that they can start and rely on? Well, no, I think that they're going to need somebody because they, mm-hmm. like you said, they're 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 young now, and yeah, so I when agree. you sign veterans, they're not always used to playing special teams at that point in their career. Yep. So um, now that doesn't mean they won't sign someone that they like because they feel like he's good on special teams. They do treat special teams um, with a little more attention that some other teams do, who just you know you just play your backups on special teams. They, mm-hmm. you're right, you know guys like Chris Maragos, right, and yep. Darren Sproles. I mean, they've played really big special teams roles go back to Brian Brayman. So they've done that in the past and it wouldn't shock me if there was some young linebacker who doesn't play a whole lot, but uh, on defense somewhere else, but has a good special teams track record if they went after But again, that's not going to really help them on the defensive uh, end. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's time to you know, go get that guy that can actually help you on defense and not you know neglect it anymore. Even if it doesn't have to be a, a top guy in free agency or top guy in the draft, go get somebody that can help you on defense and not just plug in guys. Uh, like we've been saying, like linebacker and cornerback, um, you need to go get that playmaker. Right. All right, Jeff. Well, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed talking about the defense with you. There's a lot to work on. Uh, we talked about a lot of names, a lot of situations to go through, um, but I'm confident the Eagles hope you are too. And, uh, Hopefully, it can turn this defense around and really improve as a unit uh, next yeah. season. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I'm I'm fired up for this draft. You know, yeah. we're gonna have it inside the draft uh, watch party at Frankfurt Hall in Germantown on that uh th- on that uh, Thursday night, April 23rd. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is going to. I I just think one thing I I feel about this draft is strong in the areas where the Eagles need their most help. So. Um, this should be a good draft. Yeah. Now, I know we've said that before. <laughs> Can't go and wrong. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, so we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jeff. Again, uh, Jeff Mosher, NFL on Twitter, host of Inside the Birds. Uh, definitely my favorite Eagles podcast out there. A lot of great content. If you're not listening, you have to go listen. Uh, subscribe on any platform that you listen to your podcast on and make sure you check out the new website, InsideTheBirds.com. Uh, thanks again, Jeff, so much. This is an awesome topic with you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Appreciate everything PHL Sports Nation uh, has done for uh, Inside the Birds, too. Definitely. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. I want to thank Jeff Bosher again for coming on. It was a great conversation talking about the secondary and the linebacker group. Hopefully you got a little bit of insight on what the Eagles should be doing this offseason to improve at those positions of need. If you have not done so already, please follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're Birds Banter PHL. Twitter, at Birds Banter. That's where you'll get your posts on when podcasts will be out there, along with other content. And also subscribe on any platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever is easiest for you to get your Birds Banter onto your phone as soon as it's released. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please let me know on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. I would love to hear back from you. I've gotten some reviews over the past couple of months, and I love hearing back from the fans about what they like about the show. So I would definitely appreciate any feedback possible. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss another Birds banter. And go Birds! Go Birds!